appreciate you taking the time. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got the, the reopening of your um, English-based shops this weekend. Yeah. How's everything going? Good, yeah. Well, today we're doing a little bit of a trial run, so I had have a lot of the guys in, just kind of friends and family and stuff like that, just to kind of get used to the new normal, how things are going to run. And uh, thank God today wasn't opening day, I'll put it to that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it, it was a bit of a shit show, but you know, tomorrow's another day and we go at it again. But I think it's the small things. You know, we always, we always ran a very, very good, clean ship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the only difference is now is people are going to be a lot more aware of their surroundings. You know what I mean? We've done a lot of things that they're telling us to do anyway. Like, you know, we've never, we don't do dry cuts. All our, all our clients are shampooed. Um, right. We've always used hand sanitizer since day one. We've always used disinfecting clipper sides. We've always cleaned down the stations in between clients. The only real difference is we're going to have to work by appointment. We have to limit the amount of people in the shop. People can't use the bathrooms. Yeah. At the moment, I don't think we can give people a drink, but I, I'm going to look at that again. Um, and I think we, we might be able to give them a drink in a paper cup or something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm very, very conscious about atmosphere because to me, the barbershop is all about atmosphere and it's the vibe of the place. And it's, it's, I've always built this business on it being much more than a haircut. And I don't mean like it's not a salon, it's not. We do give a great service, but it's, it's, it's geared towards the atmosphere and the ambience of the place. You know, it's not just, you can get a haircut anywhere. You know what I mean? I'm fully aware of that. And I've never built a business on haircuts, even though, I, you know, the, the, the way I train the guys and, you know, the, the, the team that we have across all the branches, they're all exceptionally good and they're probably the best barbers in, in, in every city that they're in. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a hell of a lot more than that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. That's, we'll that's, that's what we're trying to get, get, trying to keep the vibe, but maybe, you know, keep people safe as well. And not, not even keep, we always kept them safe. That's probably the wrong thing to say. Yeah. But let people see that we're keeping them safe. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing because we've always kept people safe. We've never had an issue. We like six years. We've never had an issue with headlights. We've never had an issue with empatigo. We've never had any, any with um, transmitting skin to skin diseases. So we've never had an issue like that before. So I think it's peace of mind for people in it. Like you say, you've never yeah. had any issues, but it's just making it. Up front yeah. and centre that that's what you're doing. You're taking these precautions, isn't it? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll get into the um, the experience a bit later on, but before we get into that, I just wanted to wonder if you just tell us how you got into the whole barber barber industry straight from the beginning. So from the very very beginning, from a young age, I was yeah. fascinated with barber shops. You know what I mean? Funny, and they were, they were a different time back then. But what for me, like my father had two jobs, and my grandfather had a job. And the only time I got to spend with them really was on a Saturday. So mm-hmm. I was either in a pub, I was in a bookies, or I was in a barbershop. Yeah. And usually all three <laughs> at some stage during the day, right? But what I loved was my dad was very, very strict, right? And my grandfather was very, very strict. And they were, they, they were very, they were men's men. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Men's men, but also very, very loving men. Do you know what I mean? They were very, very protective of us. And, you know, my father was a sergeant major in the army and he, 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 worked in a, um, he worked in a petrol station at the weekends as well. Right. 1980s Ireland, you know, you had to have two jobs to just put food on the table. My grandfather was a woodworker. He worked in McMahon's timber yard all his life. And again, another hardy outdoors type of man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and my father was a sergeant major. So you can imagine 
you know, two very tough men as role models for me. Yeah. So, but what I did notice, my father never swore. I never heard my father swear yeah. in the house, nor did my grandfather. But as soon as he was in the pub or he was in the fucking barbershop, all of a sudden, I'd start hearing the dirty jokes and I'd start <laughs> hearing, and I'd be looking at it. You know, so I kind of, I love it. That sounds like, that. I did that. <laughs> you know, and I, 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 you know, and it kind of, that's where I, you sit inside and everyone knew my father and everyone knew my grandfather, you know? And uh, so like either with my dad or with my granddad. And uh, I just loved it in there. I loved how the place smelled, you know, it smelled of tobacco and it smelled of your fucking, you know, Jay's fluid was the thing they used to clean the drains with. I remember that smell vividly, you know, <laughs> smell of barbicides, you know, smell of, you know, hair gel, you know, that cheap hair gel. That's all yeah. it was at the time. You know, barbershops weren't glamorous in those days. Do you know what I mean? They were a place where you got your, where men went to get a haircut. And, mm-hmm. you know, women just didn't go in there. It wasn't a case of they weren't allowed in, you know. They just didn't go. Yeah. Because it was one of those things. And, you know, I often, you know, I don't know if you've done, the, you've obviously done your research on, you know, some of the things that people have been saying about me in the business yeah. over the years. But, yeah. you know, I could just imagine, like, my father asking my mother to take me for a haircut. And I know exactly what she would have said, you know. And if I may, she would have said, fuck off, I have more week, you fucking take him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give yeah. me a, I, I want a break. Give me a break. Get him out of my hair for an hour. For an hour. So that's yeah. the way it was. You know what I mean? You know, I know there's, there's, you know, there's single mothers and all that, and, you know, there's one-parent families and all that. And, you know, and there is exceptions, I suppose. But for, for my early career as a barber, there was never any women in the barbershops. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tried to recreate when I opened Barber Barber. But to go back, I ended up working for the guy who cut my, my, my dad's hair. I learned an awful lot from him. He was, he, he was an unbelievable mentor, a very hard taskmaster. Um, but I worked for him from when I was 12 years old till I was 23. You yeah. know? And uh, then I opened my own shop at 23. And, um, you know, again, it was, you know, I opened it with a very small business loan. It's all I could afford. It's all they'd give me. And what I did was year on year, you know, I, I, I added something to the shop, you know what I mean? So whether it was new yeah. chairs or, you know, eventually I ended up having a bar in the shop and, you know, nobody had a bar in the shop in those days. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. It was like, when I say it was a bar, it was like a keg of Heineken. A friend of mine used to work for Heineken. He was a rep. So I had a keg of Heineken and a tap, you know what I mean? A little corner of the shop. And people would go in and they'd pull their own pints. You know what I mean? And it was like that. This was before social media. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And it was known as oh, that's the fucking that's the barbershop with the bar. You <laughs> know what I mean? And it, it kind of went that way. You know? Um, and obviously, I suppose how, how much do you want to know? You know what I mean? Uh, um, just sort was, of how it how it grew from. Is it was it Limerick? Sort of the, Limerick, the, yeah. The shop you had, yeah. yeah how you sure. how you kind of grew it. So then expanding over to England and then it, so it booming and kicking off. was really, I mean, it's a two-facet um, approach, really. What, what happened was, you know, all my young life, I struggled with drinking drugs, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, as the years got on, it became more and more of a problem, right? And I, I, I had a massive, massive dependency on alcohol and cocaine. But it never affected my work ethic, or so I thought. You know, it didn't affect my, it didn't affect my ethic, but it, it certainly affected my business. And, um, you know, the standards dropped and the customers left and the shop got quieter. And, you know, next thing I was standing there at 31 years old, you know, in a lot of fucking trouble. You know what I mean? You know, 
they don't drink drugs, failed business, you know, uh, you know, a, a wife that wasn't really too fond of me anymore, yeah. you know, a disappointed daughter, you know, that I wasn't around. And uh, when I was around, we, we, we never broke, broke up, or, you know, I was there, but I wasn't there. Yeah. And uh, my wife said enough's enough, you know what I mean? She, she knew about the drink, but she never knew about the drugs. Right. You know? and she found out, she found drugs, and she fucking went mental. Do you know what I mean? She knew, she, she knew I was a, a big drinker, but she yeah. had no idea I fucking took drugs, you know? So um, I, was, I was a very, very good, like, like all addicts, very, very good at hiding it. Hide it very well, yeah. And um, so it was rehab or divorce, you know? So um, I, went to, I went to rehab. And something happened inside there, right? And I, I, I'm not religious. I'm not talking about God. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about an inner fire that's still there today. Right. Something just clicked. Something switched. Something switched on in my stomach, right? And it's like, I remember feeling like after the first two weeks inside there, mm-hmm. I literally was, I was a new man. It's a new man, right? I mean, it was ridiculous. Then I had another three weeks to go. So I was there five weeks in total. And... To describe it wouldn't do it justice. Okay. Right. I literally went from what I thought I was. You know, I was always full of bravado, right? And I was always like what I call ego, false confidence, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I used to go to the gym. I lifted weights. I took steroids. I was a big fucking beefy dickhead, overconfident, <laughs> a bit you know, whatever. But inside, I was a fucking boy. You know what I mean? I was a boy who was. I was a people pleaser. Yeah. I, I I avoided confrontation um, all the time, and but inside there it just bang, it just clicked. It was just like wow. Right. I literally came out. I was a different man, and I literally I went balls at it. And I I all my old staff that were working for me at the time, I went in straight away first day, fired every one of them, <laughs> fired every single one of them because they were as bad as me. Right? Were they part of the culture that you was that you was yeah, ingrained? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but they, they weren't involved with me, as in I, I wasn't friendly with them, but I knew what they were up to. Yeah, you know, I said, nah, I don't need this in my life. So I said, da da da. Uh, the circle of friends I used to knock around with, some I, I knocked around with them my whole life, cut them out completely because they were no good. Um, three of my closest friends, they're still my closest friends today, and I just went fucking balls at it. And I literally, <laughs> I built that shop up from a failing business to being the most popular barbershop in Ireland in the space of two years. Wow, right. Yeah, it grabbed the attention of one of my longtime clients, Morgan Leahy. Morgan Leahy is my partner today in Barbara Barber. Yeah, and he was there one day and he said, Do you know what? This would fucking go down a storm in England. <laughs> now, you could imagine 31 years old, or 30, I was 33 at this stage. This was about two years after I came out of rehab. Yeah, yeah, so I was 33. Was I 33? I was. I was 33. I just had a new baby. Um, my marriage was fucking stronger than it ever was. I was the happiest I'd ever been in my life. Yeah. My marriage had been repaired. My relationship with my daughter was repaired. I was the happiest man on earth, right? You couldn't. You, I couldn't describe it, right? And Morgan said, this would do great in England. Now, that, he may as well have said, you should open one of these in Mars. So you can imagine, after going through all of this and building up a business... Yeah. actually even consider opening a business in a different country is madness. And it probably was mad, to be honest with you. Right? <laughs> so 
I was home that night and I said to Caroline, I said, if Morgan was in today and, you know, he said I should open a shop in Manchester. This is the shop I'm in now, it's in Barton Arcade. Morgan yeah. used to own Barton Arcade at the time. Okay. So he goes, I've got the right spot for you. So she said, yeah, fuck it, go over and have a look, see what happens. Right? Now, it was only ever supposed to be one shop, right? Yeah. So we came over, we looked at it, and the whole lot, and I knew exactly, you know, the shop I wanted. I knew how I wanted it to look. I knew how I wanted it to feel. And I said to him, I said, i tell you what, when we do this, right, we'll make it men only. Mm-hmm. Right? And again, one shop, I was supposed to be here three days a week, back in Ireland, da 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 Yeah. Within, within three months, it was ridiculous. We started off, we had four chairs and we had three barbers. Within four months, if you weren't here by nine o'clock, you didn't get a haircut that day. <laughs> That's how busy it was. With people queuing on the fucking street. When we opened the door, 50 people walked in the door and they would sit there all yeah. day. Right? Now, the thing is, you know, it was at the height of the whole barber boom, right? So mm-hmm. people loved the old retro look of the place. You know, yeah. we were dressed up in suits and, you know, people loved that. And it was a bit of a novelty. But what they found out, you know, if you went past the novelty, the service was excellent. The haircuts were even better. Yeah. And, you know, the atmosphere in here, you couldn't, you could, if you could bottle it, you'd sell it for a million pounds. Right? <laughs> but the thing was then, you know, we just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, like, you know, people like landlords and fucking shopping centres were ringing us and emailing us. We should open here, we should open there. So we went from Manchester to Liverpool. Yeah. You know, Liverpool to Leeds, Leeds to London. London back to Birmingham and then Birmingham back to London again and then one in Cheshire. Um, you know, so that built up. And meanwhile, my my reputation as a barber and you know, or even as an asshole, to be honest, within the industry, um, <laughs> started to precede me. You know what I mean? So I found it difficult to get staff and people say you yeah. don't so why, why is that then, Johnny? You 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 your um, reputation, what was all that about I, I, I'm a hard taskmaster, I don't apologize for it. Um, yeah. But these days, that can be, you know, people say, oh, that's bullying. It's not bullying. Not bullying at all. You know, I, w- I wouldn't class it as bullying. It's, I, I've never asked my members of staff to do anything I wouldn't do. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm six shops in. The brand is nearly seven years old. You still see me cleaning the toilet on a Monday morning if nobody else is there to do it. Yeah. You know, I'm first in, last out, you know. But everybody who ever worked for me will tell you that, I give them. I, I give people exactly what I expect back out of them. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. And that's it. I think the, the culture now, the, you know, again, and it's, it's it's probably an unpopular opinion, but you know, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work hard. People want it instantly. You know, and they forget that every overnight success takes a lifetime of hard work before it. Yeah. You know? I was watching and some. Um, I was watching some. Yeah, yeah. You have to get it right once. You only have to be lucky once. Yeah. You know? And you know, there's a lot of luck in my story, but that luck only became because of the way I worked. And it's it, it is yeah. a fact that the harder you work, the luckier you get. Yeah, I remember I was watching um, an interview on YouTube um, yesterday um, from about three years ago, and you was talking about this um, this work life balance sort of fallacy. It's just having that work ethic. There is no work life balance if you truly want to become isn't. successful. I don't there is, you know what I mean. It, if I had, if I could afford to have a work-life balance, then I, I'd retire. Right. <laughs> because you can balance work and home, but there can't be a work-life balance, if, if that makes sense, right? You have to be disciplined and you have to be routine-orientated. My routine does not change. Mm-hmm. I go to bed at 10, I wake up at 5, 
I go to the gym, I come home, I have my breakfast, I have, I have my breakfast with my son, I go to work, I come home, I have my dinner, I go for a walk, I go to, I watch TV, I have a cup of tea and I go to bed. I do that seven days a week. Yeah. Right? I don't change it. If I change it, my mind goes fucking this way. Yeah. Right? So I'm very, like, I thrive on routine. I, I can't work without routine. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the work-life balancing we speak about, you know, I hope to have it someday, but I'm not finished yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm nowhere near finished yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, and it's bloody. If you want to be successful, you have to work hard. And I don't, I don't consider myself successful yet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have a successful business, but I'm not successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. a successful business is a business that's not closed down and that is actually turning a bit of profit. That's a successful business. Yeah. But a successful person is somebody, you know, who, in my mind, is independently wealthy. You know, and is able to what I what I describe as live without thinking. Right. Nice. If I want to go on a holiday, I have to plan that holiday, I have to save for that holiday and I go on that holiday and I enjoy that holiday. Yeah. If I want to change my car, I have to plan to change my car, I have to save to change my car and I change my car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so that to me, I am you know, I'm not there yet. You know, I want to be able to change my car if I want to. I want to be able to get whatever car I want. If yeah. I feel like going to Dubai on a Friday night, I want to be able to do that. I'm, I'm years away from that. Yeah, they call years. that, what's the word? They call that fuck you money, don't they? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's called live without thinking. Yeah. I want to be able to live without thinking. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Jesus, I, I could be 20 years away from I don't know, you know, but I'm certainly not there yet. Yeah. You yeah. know? I can see from you just talking though that there's still that massive work you're not ready to just stop doing what you're doing yeah you've got that no, massive work ethic skills to go on and strive that's the thing I, you know I, i'm lucky in a sense that i love my job right yeah. i sometimes hate you know the, the the stresses and you know the the pressure that comes from running a business of this size and mm-hmm. i'm lucky that a fantastic back team you know what i mean like i have a general manager i have a fucking operations director i have somebody who does marketing for me and again but again that's not a gift they need to be paid and the business yeah. needs to pay. Them. Do you know what I mean? So people say, oh, you have this and you have that. Yeah, I'm gonna fucking pay them. <laughs> you can have them too, but you choose to fucking drive a Range Rover instead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's a, you know, that's what people don't understand. Yeah, I do have all these things, but it comes at a cost. You know, mm-hmm. if I wanted to do it myself, I could probably put an extra 150,000 pounds a year out of my business. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'd probably get a heart attack. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what I, I am very, very good at what I do, right? I'm excellent at what I do. And I make sure the people who do what I don't do are better than me at doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. if I don't want to do something, I've got to make sure the person doing it would do it better than me anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Social yeah. media, I'm useless at it. I don't know if you know my personal account. I get into trouble for it all the time. Right? <laughs> um, I'm always getting into trouble for it. You know, um, I've just I seen your Instagram this morning calling someone out for trying to um, blag they, people. They, they they still can, but again, you see the message, the messages that I've gotten, you shouldn't be saying that. Why shouldn't I be saying it? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's the one who shouldn't be saying it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean? you know and that's the thing, the thing with social media now, it's, just, it's this window, right? And it's this false, like, everyone is lovely. No one is lovely. Do you know what I mean? I, I, you know what I mean? People are assholes. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. Like, they are. Not all people, but there's a lot of arseholes out there, mm-hmm. you know, and Definitely. if you can't call out an arsehole, 
then what's the point? Well, that's the thing. Now you're not allowed to. Are you? Apparently, you're not supposed to call out people for being being anything other than um, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it is. It, it, it's bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It's bullshit, and I, I, and that's the thing. That's now thing is I've tried to change, you know, and I've tried to kind of button my lips sometimes, and I, it, it made me ill. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I, I I can't leave something. I can't leave something slide. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you know I would never I would never say anything nasty to someone mm-hmm. who didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? And you know yeah. I I have never done. A bad thing to a good person. I've never said a bad thing to a good person in my life. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Even even at my worst, in my in my height of addiction, I was still, you know, I I, I like to think my moral compass was still a bit strong. You know what I mean? If you if you take the drink and drugs yeah. out of it, yeah. You know, it comes uh, down to like people just need to treat others like they want to be treated. Don't they? It's the old cliche, but people do forget it from time to time. I know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, talking about the experience that you've that you you put in the shops, like you say, it's not just a haircut; it's a whole experience. Um, so when me when me and my wife go to Manchester, we always end up having a coffee in Pot Kettle Black, which is in Barton Arcade. And um, we we went there, I think, for the Christmas markets, probably about three three years ago. And um, we were due to go on honeymoon. And I'd seen Bar- I'd heard of Barber Barber, never been in the shop before. And obviously we went for a coffee in Pot Kettle Black. Barber Barber's over over the way, and I was like, "Oh my god, I'd love to go in there for me." Because at the time I did I did have her, and uh, cut a long story short, my wife ended up paying for me haircut for our honeymoon. Yeah, so I, yeah. I got to experience the, the the level of service that you provide at the at the Manchester shop. Yeah. I wondered if you could talk us through what a customer would would get from walking into your shop and what the level of service is for people who um, again, you know, like what. The way you describe that there, right? You know, some some people can look at when I say talk about an experience, you know, yeah. Um, people sometimes th- that can sound a bit OTT, yeah. You know I mean, because you know, it's, as I said, it's not a salon, right? And it's not, you know, it's not your typical service. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, when somebody walks in straight away, you can smell it. You can smell the atmosphere in the shop, right? Yeah. And you really can, right? <laughs> There's always good music on. You know, the guys are, in fairness, the lads are all top drawer, right? But it's those, it's the small things. It's acknowledging someone the second they walk in the door. I never yeah. let somebody walk through the door without saying morning, good evening, whatever, mm-hmm. right? It's, uh, I'm, I'm vicious with manners. When I hear people say, do you want a drink? I, I, I pull in straight, I say, no, it's not wanted, would you like? Or yeah. can I get you a drink? You know, if somebody says, can I get a haircut? You know, the answer is always yes. Yeah. Like, like, you know, some places, can I get a haircut? Have you an appointment? Well, clearly he doesn't have a fucking appointment. He's asking for a haircut. <laughs> so when somebody asks, can I get a haircut? I say, of course you can. What time, will I, what time would you like? Oh, can I get one now? Oh, I can't get you now. We'll get you later. Or, oh, yeah, take a seat there. It's with manners. Manners is the big thing, right? Yeah. Well, manners is probably the biggest part of the service, right? Then you have your, your beers, your teas, your coffees. But I like to think the guys cutting their hair actually want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah. the, the shop is always, you know, I didn't know you'd been in the shop, but I was, the shop is, is always spotlessly clean as, yeah. as much as it possibly can. You know, um, the, the quality of the service is, in my opinion, the best around anywhere. And I think that's, uh, that's the truth for all of my stores. Um, don't get me wrong, sometimes something 
you know, it, 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 something can can, can uh, seep through the cracks. But I try to be on it as fast as I can. You know, and I'm not saying it's always perfect. And you know, yeah. especially when the la- when ladies come to the door, sometimes they're not handled the way it should be, and it can be very, very almost embarrassing for them. You know, but like the, the way it should be, it, it, it's I'm really sorry. Seating's for customers only, gentlemen only. Uh, we've got a tab going with PKB. We've got a tab going with Lunya. We've got a tab going with Nero. So we've got a tab going with Distinto and Leeds. And we've got a tab going with uh, the Elk in Hale. Yeah. So if the women come in, we just say, if you want to pop over PKB, we'll get you a coffee. We'll give him back to you. He'd be better than you like him. When he comes back, if you don't like him, you can pick one of these lads. It's great. <laughs> so I try to make it fun. It's never a case of no women here. Get out. It's not yeah. about yeah. Because if somebody spoke to my wife like that, I wouldn't be too happy either. You know, mm-hmm. there is a way to be polite and, you know, explaining to people that this is not anti-woman, it's pro-man. And there's a big, big difference. You know what I mean? We all love women. And we, you know, but when you bring women into a barbershop environment, it changes the atmosphere instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. Right? Whether for the good or for the worse. It but it's, like, it's like sometimes women like hanging out with women. Like men like hanging out with men. Doesn't does it mean like? Yeah. Yeah. Like thing is, if you do something for a man, you're misogynist and you're sexist and you're ex- and 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 you're 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 anti this and you're anti that. If you do something for a woman, you're progressive. It, yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. You know, there was a there was like women only gyms, women only taxis, women only insurance companies. You know what I mean? <laughs> there was there, there there was women only this, there was women only that. You know what I mean? And it's like, really? My, my life insurance policy is more expensive than my wife's. Why is that? Am I worth more than my wife? Do you understand? It's yeah. like, it's ridiculous. You know, so, but as soon as you do something for a man, then all of a sudden, you yeah, know what I mean? Success, misogynist, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the pitchforks and torches come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's back to the atmosphere. I said, people just always say, geez, I love the atmosphere in here. And I said, I can't, I can't, I can't actually explain what it is. Yeah. I can tell you how, I know people will always remember how you make them look, okay? But they never forget how you made them feel. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you yeah. make feel, someone feel great, now whether we, 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 we have high profile clients, we have celebrity clients, and we have, you know, normal guys. Yeah. No treat any differently. You, mm-hmm. Your money is the same as his money. You pay me the same as this guy does or whatever. And yeah. I think from the day one, people realize that you can go into the shop and you sit down next to, I'm not going to drop names, but you know, people you've seen on TV or people you yeah. see kicking football, you sit next to them and they'll say hi to you and you'll say hi to them. Yeah. But if you were in before them, you get seen first. <laughs> so next oh, I'm next. Okay, no bother. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that's, you know, people like that. You know, don't get me wrong. Some people have come in, they've, they've, they've pushed it a little bit, and you know, it wasn't for them. Or oh, can I make an appointment? At the time, we didn't take appointments. And a certain individual came in, they said, Oh, I need an appointment. Said, sorry, we don't take appointments. Oh, yeah, but I need one. I said, No, I'm really sorry, we don't take appointments. Yeah. If you take a seat, you won't be long. No, no, I can't wait. And off he went, That's no, fine. Yeah. That's absolutely fine. I wouldn't run after him. And you think, <laughs> I would have loved to have cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Not my customer. You know, same way as the guy who wants to bring his wife with him to get his hair cut. He's not my customer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing that people don't understand. You know, the customer is only always right if he's the right customer. <laughs> Do you know what? That's on one of me. Um, so I've got a little little crib sheet here with little points to bring up. 
And I'd recently read that quote that you'd said the customer's always right if he's the right customer. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, could you expand on that a little bit more for us, please? Yeah, yeah. Because again, like every business, right? When you open a business, you've got to set out your stall, mm -hmm. right? Like, I was very, very conscious of what I was trying to create, yeah. right? With the, the 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 leather seats and the the Vegas style mirror, and you know the the the, the kind of the softer lighting. And I knew the customer I wanted to, to attract. Yeah. Right. And he's my customer. Him, I bend over backwards from. Right. He wants a haircut at twelve o'clock at night. I'm there. Right. He doesn't have the money to pay me that day. He can give it to me the next day. It's fine. He's my customer. I look after him. I'll do anything for him. Right. The guy who, like, we, certain haircuts, we don't do certain haircuts, not because we can't, because we won't. Putting lines in grown men's hair, you know. Yeah. We don't do fashion, fashion trend haircuts, we do stylish eternal haircuts, right? We, we, we get real men, right? Now, to elaborate on that, a real man doesn't matter if he's gay, if he's trans, don't give a fuck, right? But a real man is a real man. When I say explain, when I explain that, we get masculine men, right? Mm -hmm. And I know loads of our gay customers are very masculine men. We don't get necessarily their husbands. Their husband might want a different atmosphere. So yeah. he goes somewhere else, right? Um, so that's the customer we attract. We attract a guy, and as I say, we got, you know, 30 something, financially has got a couple of quid, likes to look well, Wants to trust a professional that's in charge of his hair, yeah, and wants to do it every six weeks. Yeah, that's our customer. The young fella who shows me a picture of some muppet from Geordie Shore, <laughs> he's he he's not my customer. Yeah, he's not my customer. There's loads of places for him to go, so that's mm -hmm. fine. And yeah. you know, we we refuse customers. You know, a fella saying, "Oh, can I have this haircut?" No, sorry. Uh, I tell you what, this is what we should do because you know, haircut is is is. A haircut is about suitability, you know, it's, it's about having, having appreciation of someone's personal style. Yeah. And, you know, my job is to make every man, woman think that you're the best things in sliced bread, right? So it's not in my interest to make you look like a cunt, right? Yeah. It's just not, yeah. right? So when somebody shows me a picture of Tommy Shelby, right, mm -hmm. I try to explain to him, listen, this is Killian Murphy. He's arguably one of the most handsome men on the planet. He's yeah. playing the part. 1920s gangster, but you know, you are not. You know, I could say that with you know, to again, Barry the accountant who's a little bit overweight and going bald, yeah, yeah. explain that he can't look like Killian Murphy without hurting his feelings. Yeah, so we just we've cut it, we, we, we've said like, no, we don't do those kind of haircuts, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, same way as in the 90s, I had friends of mine, hairdressers, and every woman wanted to look like Jennifer Aniston. That would be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> not everybody can have that haircut, you yeah. know. So yeah. it's those it things like that, really, you know. So yeah, the customer. I I set out my stall for the customer I want to attract, and luckily for all the people who disagree with what we're saying, there's enough people out there who want my offer for me to have a successful business. Yeah, yeah. I think that's often. Um, I've got a lot of friends who, who run either gyms or I personally run a martial arts um, gym as well. And it's it, it, it's it's something I never really thought about. That yeah, the customer's right, but it's got to be the right customer. You've got to know in yourself who the person you want coming through the doors is. Yeah, I think that's massive. You, you, 
if you run a gym, you know all about that because you know there's a lot of people and I have friends of mine in, in, in the fitness industry, and there's some people you just don't want them in your gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? I have yeah. a friend of mine, he runs a wrestling club, and uh, every week the local hard man comes in to join, right? Yeah. And every week the local hard man gets choked out and never comes back, <laughs> right? And he's choked out for a reason because this guy comes in there thinking that he's rock hard. Mm-hmm. And my friend is trying to explain this is not about how hard you are, it's how disciplined you are. This sport is not about being a tough guy. It's yeah, yeah. about, you know what I mean? You know, for martial arts, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, some of us unassuming people are the best. Yeah. You know, the guy who's out there puffing and blueing and shouting and roaring, he's a, he's a shitbag most of the time. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We, 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 we like to keep, you know, we have a very good clientele, you know, and we have all walks of life. You know, we have young kids who come in, we got old men who come in, we got, you know, professionals, we, we got, the, I say that we got the scoundrels and the gentlemen. You know, yeah. and everybody, every scoundrel is a bit of a gentleman, and every gentleman has a bit of a scoundrel in him. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that, that's what we care for. That's what we cater yeah. for. And that's, they're the guys we want. And you know what? There's always going to be those guys for us. You know? Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm very confident that in 100 years' time, this business will still survive. Yeah. You know? I'm very, very confident in that. Yeah. I mean, what, what's also interesting as well is uh, you, you kind of, in in the barbershop, you kind of like um, it's a form of therapy in a way, and it you professional listeners because there's yeah. a man a might might a man might come into your shop, and that might be the only contact that he's had with someone either all day or in the last few days, yeah. and he's gonna he's gonna offload naturally and start telling you about his week or his day. Yeah. So it's, it's a kind yeah. of a form of therapy as well, isn't it? Yeah, it does. Again, a lot of the, the trend of social media would tell you that every man does that. A lot of people don't, right? But again, we are like. You know, we are, like you said, we're professional listeners. And if somebody wants to talk, we talk. I mean, this is not a counseling session, right? Yeah. But again, it's about, you know, when somebody feels comfortable where they are, that's what I say to the guys all the time, right? So you can imagine we close at six o'clock, right? And nobody likes to see a fellow walking through the door 10 to six. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, oh, right? But I said to him, I said, guys, you got to understand, right? This guy could have finished work at half five. He might have ran past six barbershops to try and make it in here before six. Yeah. I mean, nobody likes to be told, Sorry, mate, we're closed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, 10 to 6, it's not ideal, you know, but we, we would always accommodate them. But going back to what you said there about, you know, the professional listener, I think there's been a lot of waiting. and I think a lot of people have kind of, they've falsely benefited from the, 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 the rising issue of men's mental health, you know. And I think it is a very, very serious issue, mental health. And I can, you know without going too far into it, you know what I mean? I've had my own demons, right? But, yeah. you know, I'm not professional enough to give somebody advice. I would never try to. Um, and I think, you know, to advertise your business in a manner where, oh, you know, if you're feeling down or oh, come to the barbershop and we'll fix you, that's not going to happen. One of my best friends committed suicide 12, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and he used to come to my barbershop all the time. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, he never told me he was feeling suicidal, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, like, to I, I think there's a lot of it is is glorifying, and it is almost. I suppose how how do I say this without actually sounding terrible? It's I think they're using mental health to benefit. I think they're using the issue of you know mental health. 
and you know the, the rise of it's okay which it is but you know you need to talk to a professional you need yeah. to talk to a family you know you like bring the samaritans it's free you know what i mean you go you know go to your doctor you know what i mean that's free you know what i mean you don't have to pay for a private, a private psychiatrist or a private psychologist you don't have to do that but you know you got to make sure that you really know and trust this barber who claims to be you know it's like a deacon and a priest. Do you know what I mean? Just because yeah. a guy is handing you communion doesn't make him a fucking priest. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So don't treat him as one. Yeah. You know? Um, in the same way, not a psychologist, so don't treat him as one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So don't get me wrong, I think it's amazing and it's brilliant that you know men can talk about their problems now because you know it is the biggest single killer of, of, of young men. You know, and it's a very, very serious issue, but it has to be treated as a serious issue. Oh, and not just another little to add to being a barber, you know? Yeah. Um, think, that's think my personal view. And I, get, I, get, I get in trouble for saying that. I know I will, but, you know, trust me, I, without, without going into it, I can speak from experience. Yeah. You, know, you need more than a bloody barber, you know? Yeah. Carl, Stefan, I understand what you're saying there. I mean... It does need professional help in a lot of circumstances, but sometimes at the lowest level, just in here to listen to some of your stuff going on, that, that could help as well. But yeah, I appreciate definitely what you're saying that there are people, unfortunately, who will take advantage of that, that yeah, uh, yeah. health stigma and all that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so how do you, obviously you've created the brand Barber Barber. Um, how do you make sure that the, the people who are on your team uh, are part of uh, are up to the culture as well, so they're sticking to the high standards. That, 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 that's where, <coughs> that's where the, the hard bit comes in. Yeah. Everything else is easy. Everything else is easy. The, the, the cutting hair is easy. Making the shops look nice is easy. That's all easy. Keeping a level of consistency is the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Mm-hmm. And I fail sometimes, you know. Yeah. I've gotten it wrong, you know, because, you know, everyone can, can turn up for an interview and be brilliant. And, if, you know, um, and I'm not infallible and I, you know, I, I, I don't always make the right decision. Um, but I try to be in every shop as much as I can. You yeah. know what I mean? And generally speaking, we kind of, we know at interview stage because I asked simple, simple questions. Why do you want to be a barber? You know, um, or where did you work before? Mm-hmm. I have a look at the work. I see what type of work they do. Um, who do you look up to in the industry? And when they tell me who they look up to, I know straight away what type of work they like to do. Yeah. You know? So if they tell me they look up to me, which they generally do, they always say that because I'm the guy interviewing them, but I know they like classic work, right? If they tell me they look, they, they look up to Josh and Monica, who is an amazing hair cutter, um, or Alan Beak, or Danny Robinson, or J.L. Ted Watkins, all these brilliant people, but they all do a different type of work, right? Yeah. So, when they tell me to look up to Josh and Monica, that I, this, is, this isn't the shop for you because we don't do that type of work, you know? Yeah. Um, when they tell me to look up to somebody else, but, you know, so we, we like to think that we, it's, it's like the, we go back to Vidal Sassoon and Tony and Guy. The two, Anthony Mascolo and Vidal Sassoon, they built empires, mm-hmm. but they were both the polar opposite of each other, okay? Right. So Vidal Sassoon was all about clean lines. He was all about you know, harsh shapes, you know what I mean? Really, really strong shapes, right? And 
he became known as the hairdresser's hairdresser, right? right. Anthony Mascolo was young, cool, sexy, fucking rock star hair, right? So Tony and Guy and that's assume attracted a different tribe, right? So right. if yeah. you wanted to be that really, really strict, you know, almost, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way, almost robot-like, boom, 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 yeah. clean line, precision, bang, bang, bang. You went to Sassoon's. If you wanted to be a fucking rock star, party all night, shag birds, fucking do the craziest hair you've ever seen, sexy hair, fucking be a rock star, then you went to Tony and Guy. You know yeah. what I mean? And that was the, I think that was the, the beauty of it. Do you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. two of them were so different, but so brilliant in their own way. Yeah. And as their creative was brilliant. And that's what, you know, I'd like to think that there is a difference between what we do and what other people do. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm better and they're worse, but we are different, Yeah, you know? And that's why we generally tend to attract, like the customer we want, we generally tend to attract the type of barber Stuff. we want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Sorry, Jonna, can I just let the dog out because otherwise she's going to yes. start barking a bit off. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. No bother. She has this thing about banging her tail against things when she wants to be let out. And I can see a face that she wants let out and she's banging a tail against the, the, the cabinet. So sorry about that. <laughs> so what do you just out of interest? What do you think about the, the interview process? Is it something that because there's interviews and then there's like maybe continuous assessments. So you get someone in and maybe just look at the workers. People can blag an interview, really, can't they? I think well, what we do is we get them in for a verbal interview first and then we bring them in for a trade test. And again, sometimes a trade test isn't good enough because you know, they're, they're doing their friends or whatever, and they've done the haircut a million times. But as I said to you, you know, most people aren't at the level I want them at, at interview stage. Right. You know, we'll mentor, mentor them a little bit, you know, bring them on a little bit, teach them a little bit. And uh, and sometimes they just don't work out, mm-hmm. you know, um, because, you know, I, I demand a certain level. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You know, as the business got bigger, you know, I found the quality kind of, of the barbers who who were coming in for jobs because it's the type of business you know when you get to a certain age if you're if you're anyway really good then you're going to open your own shop yeah you know i mean so when a guy comes to me at you know 30 31 looking for a job and thinking straight away my my thinking is 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 gone a little bit because yeah. i'm thinking if you're that good why don't you work for yourself or you know why have you worked in 10 shops mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't have worked for ten arseholes, so you must be the arsehole. <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Had one, I've had one boss my whole life. Yeah. And he was an arsehole, but he was the best arsehole I ever met. <laughs> when I say he was an arsehole, he he was an arsehole. Yeah. But he, he was fuck. He was strict. He was strict. <laughs> you know, and there's nothing wrong with being strict. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He also, it goes back to what you said before, doesn't it? About you're the first person in, last person to leave. You're willing to clean the toilets. You just yeah. expect the highest standards and you're willing yeah. to maintain those standards yourself, I think. Yeah, yeah. As, you know, as time went on, now, I mean, listen, the, the last person to leave thing, that's, that's you know, I go to the different shops. But when, when, when I was working here full time, you know what I mean? I was, yeah. I was in it eight and I, I was always the last to leave. But obviously yeah. I've other business to be doing now. So mm-hmm. um, I tend to get around all the different shops. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. do full days and anyone the only time I do I do a full day in Manchester for Friday to see my own regular clients yeah the rest of the week I'm either teaching or I'm on the road you know right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah back to the interview process yeah fellas can blag it 
you know. And you know what, fellas might pass it with flying colours, and you know, a month in to decide it's not for them mm-hmm. because like that, oh, he's, he's a bit fucking strict, isn't he? You know, I'm, I'm, yeah. Jesus, is he, is he always like that? Is he? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've had, you know, I've had guys there from the start. Yeah. You know, I like I have about three, four guys in the whole company who've been with me since day one. Right. So yeah. I can't be that bad, can I? No, no. <laughs> they've obviously, if they've been with you for so long, they're obviously well invested in the culture and the, oh, yeah, the values that you're, you're trying to create and that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but again, it's, it's the hardest part. It's the yeah. hardest part. You know, yeah. and again, I, I, I don't claim I have it right yet, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bloody trying, you know what I mean? I'm really, really trying. Is that how you sort of, um, are you, have you got qualifications in business or is it something that you learned through trial and error? Well, never. Yeah. I, I've always been able to make money. You know, um, yeah. when I say make money, I've always been able to turn. When I say I, I don't make money, I, I'm able to turn a pound, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I was very, very stupid in my younger years, so I've learned some very, very harsh lessons. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. spent too much. I didn't pay what I was supposed to pay when I was younger, and you know, it caught up with me. But thankfully, that was many 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 years ago so i'm over all that now so you yeah. know i've run the business very very clean since day one everything yeah. gets paid back tax all that all paid um i don't i don't squander money you know um yeah but yeah it's it's harsh lessons but as i said the people who are like i the people the senior members of of my board you know they they look after all that I don't. Yeah. I don't concern myself with that, right. you know, because it's it, if I have to do that, then I can't put here. Because yeah. running the business is a full time job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, cutting hair is a full time job, so I kind of have a part time cutting hair, part time running the business. That's what I do, and yeah. part time teaching, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and obviously you're very excited to to reopen again after the the lockdown and the, the yeah. COVID epidemic and that. What does the future hold for Barber Barber? Are you looking at more shops or? At the moment, no. Yeah. <laughs> if you give me a fucking free shop, I wouldn't take it. Um, <laughs> I tell you, I'll answer that question in mid-September. You right. asked me what, what the future holds for Barbara Barbara. I can tell you on the 15th of September because right. no one knows. I know for the first two weeks, we're booked up back to back and it's going to be Christmas week for two weeks. Yeah. And it's going to be the busiest place in the world. But what's it going to be like in September? Nobody knows. Right. I hope... I hope we get back to normal. I think customer confidence is shot. I think the government made an absolute balls of yeah. how this pandemic was handled. Yeah. I, the wrong people were put in charge of something and the government think just by giving us a grant and a loan, it's going to fix all our problems. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, if the government want to help us, what the government got to do, they've got to look after the card, the card carrying you know, VAT-paying, tax-paying businesses and need to go up balls-headed at the black market. You can give me a million pounds right now. It will not fix my problem. Two million pounds will not fix my problem. Right. right? What would fix my problem is every fucking barbershop in the country that isn't paying VAT gets closed down. Yeah. That will fix my problem. Right. right? Because there's people out there paying 50% commissions. It's impossible. If you're paying 50% commission, then you're not giving HMRC their 20%. Mm-hmm. There's people out there under declaring their earnings. There's people out there not registered for VAT. 
yeah. hundreds of thousands of barbershops not registered for VAT. If you turn over 79,000, you should be paying VAT. 79,000 pounds, you know what I mean? If you've got one member of staff, just one, you're turning 79,000 a year, yeah. right? Because if you're not, then how are you fucking eating? Yeah. Are you getting, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that, that's how the government can help the SMEs is by yeah. going after the black market. Don't throw money at the problem because money is not going to fix it. Yeah. Has the shopping island been open earlier? Has that already been open? Yeah, but I, that, that's not mine anymore. I sold that shop. Oh, right. I sold that shop five years ago. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, they opened this morning. It's a friend of mine actually bought it off me, a guy called Anthony Sheehan. And uh, he's flying. He's, he's doing a great job there. You oh, know? Good. It yeah. was time for me. It was time for me to sell it because again, I wasn't there. I was here all the time. Yeah. Um, my wife and my children moved over after the first year. So, right. uh, yeah. so um, yeah, Ireland, Ireland handled it a lot better, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think they locked it down quicker, and they were a lot more strict than they were over here. Yeah, we were always a little bit vague with it, weren't we? There was never really yeah. anything like concrete as to, yeah, it can't do this, can't do that. It was a little bit suggestions yeah. rather than... It was suggestions. And if you close it down from day one, and if they started opening up earlier, right? Because I think they opened up too fast. And I don't mean not too long, too fast. When I say too... like trying to, I was trying to explain this to a guy this morning, right? We should have went back to work a month ago. Right. right? Okay, but the steps should have been put in place two months ago, right? So what they've done now is, no, 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 fucking go for it, right? <laughs> so they've gone from everything being closed, being allowed to do fucking nothing, to all of a sudden on Saturday, the fucking yeah, logo is going to open up and yeah. going fucking into it, right? And that is going to fuck everything, mm -hmm. right? Now, I'm no expert, but I know for a fact that there's going to be a spike in Liverpool, there's going to be a spike in fucking London, there's going to be a spike everywhere. What are you going to do? Close down again? Who's going to pay? You know what I mean? The thing is, the economy can't take another close down. The black economy can, but this is the thing. The black economy is going to take it. And yeah, people yeah. would still get their hair cut by some dickhead in their front room. Yeah. Meanwhile, my business yeah. is... Legit companies are going to yeah, sacrifice that money. This, this is what I can't understand that, you know, a dog with a mallet up his arse knows that a shop that's on a high street paying £90,000 a year in rent, charging £16 for a haircut, cannot physically pay the yeah. rent. Yeah. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. So what are they doing? How are they surviving? If you're charging 16 quid a haircut and you've got three members of staff, I'm sorry, you're not paying 90 grand a year. Yeah. Well, you, you might be paying your 90 grand a year, but you're not paying your 20% touch to the government. Yeah. Now, if you're paying 90 grand a year, then you're turning over more than 79, aren't you? Yeah, of course you are, yeah. yeah, yeah. You uh -huh. So that's how the government can help people like me. Yeah. They go after the black market. The black, tell you something, they will get probably, they'll get 100 million a year just by fucking chasing the black market. All right. Because I have no problem paying more. Here's the thing, right? Because if they close all these fuckers down, I get busier. I get busier, I pay more. It doesn't matter. Because the yeah. more I earn, the more I pay. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah, yeah. You know? And that's that's when, like, that's another thing about not being able to get 
quality is that? Because it's too easy to actually cut hair at home or cut hair for cash in the back pocket. Yeah, you know, so trying a guy, a guy looks at me, is that all you're paying me? I said, well, that's all you can get paid legally. Mm-hmm. You know, or oh, can you pay me half cash, half? No, I can't. <laughs> you know? So just before we, uh, we, we finish, Johnny, because I appreciate I've took up quite a bit of time already. What um, advice would you give to anyone who's kind of either looking to set up a business or they're on the fence as to whether to take the jump to being employed, to self-employed? What ad- advice or guidance could you give someone? Don't. 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 <laughs> no, I tell you, right, do do your homework. Um, do your homework. Understand that, you know, working for yourself is, it's, it's not the answer to an easier life. Mm-hmm. Okay? It is the answer to be in control of your life, right. right? But in control of your life means not doing what you want to do when you want to do it. Controlling your life means you can control how much you want, how successful you will be, yeah. right? And that's the thing. If you're willing, I firmly believe that anybody who's willing to, to do what it takes, you know, bar a massive pandemic like this or a crippling recession, will succeed, Yeah, you know? I mean, there's been plenty of businesses that failed through circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very little businesses have ever failed by a fellow doing it right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But again, you know, recessions can't be helped and pandemics can't be helped. You know, I'm lucky in the sense that, you know, the business has been very, very good to us over the years and it's been very strong. So fingers crossed, we will weather the storm. Yeah. Um, but I think if somebody, you know, I, I think somebody knows within themselves whether it's the right or wrong thing, you know what I mean? If somebody's on the fence about it, then it's probably not the right thing. Because I can tell you, when I want to do something, God himself couldn't stop me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm not a religious man. That's just an expression we say in Ireland. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, when I get something into my head, there's no one can get it out. It's, yeah. it's in there. And so it's, having, it's having that drive then, isn't it? So if you are doubting yourself, then maybe it's not for you. But yeah, but that, doubt is a good doubt. Doubt is good, but right. you, you 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 doubt certain things. What do you doubt? Should I work for myself or not? Well, I've known I wanted to be my own boss since I was a child mm-hmm. because I fucking never liked people telling me what to do. Yeah. Right now. At the other side, I've always respected the boss, right? And I've always understood, my father always said that, he said, the boss might not be right, but he's always the fucking boss, don't ever forget that. Yeah, yeah. And that stood to me a long time, you know, but you've got to understand that a boss has to be a boss. A boss can't be your friend, he can, you, you can get on, but you have to be a boss. Yeah. You have to be a boss. And if you don't think you can be a boss, then don't be one. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, because I've made decisions that weren't popular, I've made the wrong decisions too. And I've put my hand up and said, maybe I shouldn't have said that, or maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And I've owned it. I've owned it. You know, do you think, do you think a, there's a balance that, cause I often wrestle with this. Is there a balance that can be made between a boss and an employee? Like, or can you be friends or have you got to maintain that boss and employee or. I don't think you can be friends. No, I think you can be friendly. I think you can be friendly. I yeah. think there can be, there could be a respectful friendliness, you know, uh, yeah. There has to be there has to be a mutual respect. Right. You, know, you have to respect your employees or your staff members, and they have to respect the boss. That's just that's the way it is. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, it's, 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 that's what you got to do. You, you, you got to know that, you know, you got to make sure that what you're going to do is right. You've got to be sure that the business that you're going into is the right thing for you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. You, you, you've just got to give it everything. You've got to realize that you're going to be broke. You know, <laughs> the first year you're going to be broke at least the first year. Yeah. You know, um, and you can't treat it like a job where you get paid every week, right? You yeah. get paid there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get paid my, my father said that to me a long time ago. He said, you take what you need from the business. He said, but you make sure you need what you take. You know? Yeah. You yeah. Sure. And he said, when I say need what you take, he said, I don't mean fucking nights out and holidays and cars. Yeah. Food. I mean, you can't feed I mean, yourself. Food, mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you need. Mm -hmm. You don't need a car. You don't need a watch. You don't need. It's all nice to have them. Yeah, yeah. Right? But you don't need that. And don't get me wrong. You know, when it's there, fucking take it. Jesus, take it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Don't say, oh, you know, reward yourself for your hard work. But, you know, don't like, oh, well, I won't pay the rent this month or, you know, I won't pay this invoice. I, 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 I'll push it out another 30 days. Why are you pushing out a 30 days? Are you pushing out 30 days because the business isn't busy enough? Or are you pushing out another 30 days because you went to Ibiza for the weekend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the and that, listen, I did that. That's why I'll never do it again. Yeah, so I that's your that. experience then, yeah. I did that 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I mm -hmm. sure as fuck won't be doing it again. <laughs> you know? No, that's great advice. Great advice. I apologize for my swearing, because like, I swear like a sailor. And no, it's all right. It's all right. Don't <laughs> worry. <about it. laughs> my, my passion gets my passion runs away with me, and sometimes yeah. I can't actually. I can't stop it. I mean, it's just with that. You know. No, it's great. Just, I mean, that's that's how it's come across. It, it it's obviously come across that you're really passionate about what you're doing, the yeah. business and the brand and the culture yeah. that, you, that you've created with Barber Barber. But um, I appreciate your time, Jonna, and uh, okay, thanks very much for talking to us. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Thank you very much. Also, right. I'll end it now, mate. It's all right. Thanks very much. No problem. My pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Take care.